Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Race with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens. I am going solo here today. Uh, Skinny's got work to do on his race car. He's getting it ready for the Bomber B 30 lap big main event coming up here this Saturday at New Smyrna. So he's getting the last few nuts and bolts and the decals put on that thing. So hopefully he'll be back with us next week. Um, honestly, going to be a quick show for you guys here today. I was out in Richmond last weekend. Big congratulations to my sister for getting married. Uh, Peyton and I were out there to celebrate that. And Peyton was the most adorable ring bearer you could ever imagine. So uh, very thankful to be a part of that. And uh, it was a wonderful celebration. So again, congratulations to my sister. Uh, with that said, that means we were pretty checked out on what was going on racing-wise. Of course, we caught up on the cup race, but as far as local racing goes, um, that was not on my mind at all this past weekend. So um, in the interest of fairness, um, I, I don't have updated Florida power rankings for that reason. Uh, we're going to do around the state because there was some racing, so we'll go over some results. But since I really don't know what went down, we're leaving the Florida power rankings as is. Uh, we will have updated NASCAR power rankings. We're going to cover the Bristol dirt race and give our thoughts and opinions on that. As of course, that was the big piece of uh, NASCAR action here this weekend. And uh, then on the second part of the show, going to be a two-segment show here today. Um, we'll do our usual around the states, some power ranking stuff, and some fantasy stuff for you as well. So um, before we get into talking about the Bristol dirt race, I want to thank SRQ Taxes for stepping up and becoming a brand new anchor sponsor of the Racing with Ryan podcast. They have come on board for the foreseeable future. And again, just cannot thank you guys enough for your support. Thank you to uh, to Steve and SRQ. Uh, they were a sponsor through tax season and they have re-upped for uh, the entire year or for the next year, I should say. So they will be on board for a long, long time, along with our other great sponsors, American Auto. 124 Welding and Fab, DeBerry Paint and Body, uh, Do All Lawn and Tree, Doug Samian's company, Ken Copley, Andy Morrison as well. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. We really, really appreciate it. It keeps us wanting to do this. Believe me, this would have been an easy week to say, well, we didn't go anywhere. Uh, we didn't really see any racing in person, so we're not going to do a show, but we're going to do one. I know this may not be the most exciting show, Um my, I, I got a little stuffy nose here, so it might not be the best sounding show, but bear with me. We'll get through it. I want to give you guys some content and looking forward to getting back to New Smyrna Speedway here this weekend for that big Bomber B30, plus the E-Mods, LKQ Superstocks, and the Florida Southern Ground Pounders will make their season debut as well. So four great divisions on the card. Should be exciting at New Smyrna, and we'll try to uh, try to keep up with what's going on elsewhere so we have a little bit more meat on the bones for next week's show. So let's head on over to the dirt track over in Bristol as the NASCAR Cup Series and the Truck Series were getting down and dirty here this weekend. Uh, first of all, the truck race, not too much to say there. Joey Logano uh, hitched a ride in the 66 car for Thor or truck for Thor Sport and went out and led all but like seven or eight laps of the race. The only real changes were during pit stops, uh, when some drivers stayed out, other than that, Logano led the entire way. So, um, I mean, there were some spins. The 41 hit the wall three or four times. But other than that, it was all Joey Logano and Ty Majeski. So congratulations to Joey Logano, who I picked on the Hot Mike show uh, to win. So that was good. So, yeah, really, that's all I have to say about the truck. So let's talk Bristol Dirt. 
Let's talk about the race, and then I'll give you my thoughts on the highly debated topic on whether or not Bristol should remain on the schedule as dirt or remain on the schedule at all. So looking at the race here, uh, there were some heat races, which I'll be real with you. I enjoyed the heat races better than the feature. Um, things got started off early. Bubba Wallace spun out. I uh, got tapped by Joe Logano. He and Logano went around. William Byron and Todd Gellin also involved there. A couple of solo spins until the end of stage one when Denny Hamlin, Josh Berry, and Ty Dillon went around. Um, Kyle Larson would lead all 75 laps of stage number one and definitely looked like the driver to beat. I had wondered if he was going to lead the whole thing, but of course there were some pit stops, some drivers stayed out, and that mixed things up a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when we go to stage two, this was the best stage of the race. Uh, we had a great battle between Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch, uh, for the stage win. It really looked like for a minute there, uh, Bush was going to end up winning the stage, but Tyler Reddick on the old tires was able to fight back and get back in front of Kyle Busch to win stage number two, as there were, that honestly, the best racing. The real only lead changes on the racetrack happened in stage two when Bush and Reddick went back and forth a couple of times. There's only four lead changes in this entire race, so that will factor into our score for this race, as we always do. Uh, at the end of discussing a cup race. Um, really just a couple of single car spins. Uh, the biggest incident in stage two was when uh, the 41 Ryan Priest tried to get to the outside of Kyle Larson. Larson squeezed him up into the wall and really bent up uh, Priest's car. It wasn't a malicious move on Larson. They're just racing for position. When Larson cleared himself across the nose of the 41. Priest's day was essentially in trouble after that as it was tougher for him to get up through the field with the damaged race car. But Priest would spin. Brad Keselowski would spin in the stage as well. But stage number two would go to Tyler Reddick, who would pick up his second stage win of the season. By the way, it was Kyle Larson's second stage win of the season, too, if you keep track of that stuff at home. Um, stage three, man, I really expected it to get a little bit more competitive up front, maybe a lead change or two. Um, but it, I, th I think the shocking, the most shocking moment of this Bristol dirt event was when Kyle Larson spun out. Now he had to go, he, he went to the back of the field, he pitted, and then he ended up spinning out all on his own. I mean, I was sitting on the couch, uh, watching the race on tape delay after, uh, an eight hour trip home from Richmond. And I just sat there with my mouth open, like, wow, I did not expect Kyle Larson to just spin out on his own, but that's what happened. And that got Larson even further back in the pack. Then about 15 laps later, he's working the outside of Ryan Priest. The two get together, and next thing you know, Larson's spinning down the back straightaway. And I know there's a lot of debate over who did what and, you know, who's to blame here. But my take on this is uh, I, I put the blame on Larson. He was working the high side of Ryan Priest and came off turn number two. And it looks like the car got a little, little bit loose. I mean, it started to get slick out there. Uh, nothing malicious or intentional on Larson's fault, but he slipped up. Then he came down into Ryan Priest. And I think Ryan Priest was just like, this guy again, to hell with it, and sent Larson up into the wall, and then Larson's car broke, and looks like he tried to come back and get Priest and ended up wiping himself out. Now, uh, there is definite suspicion that the car was broken, toe links and all that after bouncing off the wall. But, uh, you know, if he didn't come back down the racetrack and try to sideswipe Priest, now, if, if that is what in fact happened, then he might not have hit the outside wall again and might have been able to continue, but... Nonetheless, Kyle Larson may be the pre-race favorite in the early race dominator out of this thing. And it took out uh, Jonathan Davenport as well, who 
didn't have as great an outing as some people were hoping for, but that was definitely uh, Larson spinning out, and then Larson versus Priest was definitely the wildest thing to happen. And I'm glad at the time of recording that uh, NASCAR has come out and said there will be no penalties from Bristol weekend. That was all just Bristol racing. So um, this race had some of that Bristol feel to it, some of that short track feel. It was just in a, in a different way. Um, once the race got back going here, uh, it was all Christopher Bell. He would end up leading uh, the entirety, I believe, of stage number three. Late race caution came out. Now, NASCAR, at first, they were throwing cautions for every spin. And then they let a few go. And then Kyle Busch, with with about, I don't know, eight laps to go, something like that, he spins in turn four, basically onto pit road, and NASCAR immediately calls the caution. They wanted to try to set up that late race drama, and we almost got it. So, you know, maybe a little bit questionable caution call there late in the race to, to bunch up the field and, and hope for that, you know, highlight reel-type drama that we had last year. But race got going, Christopher Bell pulled away, and Reddick was coming. Reddick got up on the wheel there and reeled in the 20. And I think we were setting up for a great finish. And, and maybe for a minute there, I started thinking, oh, who's running third? I think it was Stenhouse. Um, I was like, damn, who's running third? Because they might be the one that ends up winning this damn thing. And then Ross Chastain, uh, Daniel Suarez, and Josh Berry got wadded up on the back straightaway. Caution had to come out. So the finish, although it was setting up to be a good one, was anticlimactic. But Christopher Bell, also my pick to win. Uh, he got it done, picked up his first win of the 2023 season and now leading the classic point standings as well. So uh, great day for Christopher Bell. This is what people expected out of Christopher Bell on the dirt track, and it's finally come to fruition. He is essentially locked into the playoffs, fifth career victory, and really uh, not a surprise to see him in victory lane. So well done to Christopher Bell. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I didn't hate this race. I just... I don't know if it's what NASCAR needs to be doing. And, you know, there's an argument. Let, let's let's go over the race results, and then we'll get into the arguments here. Uh, top 10 finishers, Christopher Bell holds off Tyler Reddick. Austin Dillon was actually third over Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Austin Dillon had a great race, by the way. He did a great job. Chase Briscoe was up in the mix for much of the night, got on the wall late, but still finished in fifth. Justin Haley with his best run of the season in sixth. Martin Truex, 7th. Todd Gilliland, another solid run for Todd. He was 8th. ninth for Kevin Harvick and officially in the 10th position with his 4th straight top 10 finish is Ty Gibbs ahead of Michael McDowell, Bubba Wallace, William Byron, Eric Jones, and Harrison Burton with a solid 15th place run. So kind of topsy-turvy with the finishes. I mean, you've got Joey Logano, 37th. You've got Larson, 35th. You've got Kyle Busch, 32nd. Alex Bowman, 29th, Chastain, 28th. So some heavy hitters down through the field. Hamlin, uh, 22nd. So it was an interesting race. Definitely mixed things up. But, uh, you know, me and Kenny even hit on this a couple weeks ago when we were like, oh, I don't know if we're going to have as many winners as last year. We've got seven winners in eight races. I believe this is race number eight. Let me check that. Uh, Yes, it is. So seven winners in eight races. That's exactly where we were a season ago as we head into Martinsville. So... I mean, really the, the big surprise winner, if you want to call it that, Ricky Stenhouse. There hasn't been a first-time winner. There hasn't been too many other surprises. The winners that are, the guys that are getting wins, you expect to contend for wins throughout the season. So, obviously, those guys are likely to start getting win two, win three, and we'll see if any of these wildcard races get some of these other guys in there. And then you wonder about guys like Ty Gibbs, um, 
you know, Martin Truex, Bubba Wallace, Eric Jones, A.J. Allmendinger, Brad Kozlowski, Chris Buescher. You just wonder if maybe one of those guys will sneak in a win. So you can almost pencil Hamlin in. You would assume Blaney will contend for wins, but like we saw last year, we don't know. Ross Chastain, maybe. Got two last year, but it's been almost a year since he's won. So we will wait and see. So let's talk about the big debate that's going on right now. Should the Bristol Dirt Race return? This is year number three. It's It's been a spectacle for sure. There's been some wild, unforgettable moments. There's been some good racing. There's been some debacles. Um, I, I just, I don't hate this, man. If it comes back, I'll be okay with it. If we just go back to running the spring uh, Bristol race on concrete, I'm all for that. As long as it's 350 laps or more, a cup race being, I get it, it's dirt, it's a whole different world, but a cup race being um, way too short is not worth the time. So I'm, I'm cool with Bristol coming back. Even if they shorten it a little bit, maybe 350 to 400 laps would be fine for the spring race and to keep the night race at 500 laps. That's, that's a marquee event and should be treated like a crown jewel in my opinion. But, uh, you know, the dirt thing, the, the whole debate on, well, we should be doing this at a real dirt track. What does it matter what's underneath the surface? People are just mad that we're doing this on Bristol because it's taking a race away from an already great track in Bristol. So I understand that. But just picking this up and going to race it at Eldora, it's the same thing. There's just not concrete underneath. There's there's layers and layers and layers and layers of earth. And I mean, uh, Devil's Bull Speedway in West Haven, Vermont is a dirt track with a bunch of dirt piled on top of an old asphalt track. So is that not a real dirt track too? That That's my point. So um, I don't think the, let's just pick this up and go to a real dirt track is going to make it better. People saying that NASCAR should just have these guys rent late models for the weekend and run late models? No, that defeats the purpose of the Cup Series. The diversity of the Cup Series is that we take the same you know, the same cars, two different kinds of venues each week. You get short tracks, road courses, dirt tracks, super speedways, uh, intermediate tracks, um, you know, flat tracks, bank tracks, big tracks, small dirt tracks, you name it. So uh, that's what makes it interesting. You, If we do this, we got to keep running it with the same kind of car or else it just defeats the purpose of a series. A series is that of, you know, races held with the same type of vehicles. So I think that argument is a bit asinine. Um, but again, listen, I, 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 this isn't my favorite race. This isn't my least favorite race. I'm not like Jeff Gluck, who's going to do a rap song about how much he hates Bristol Dirt. I didn't hate it. I was entertained. Um, I was hoping for a little bit more competition up front. That's really my only beef is that it just is too hard to pass a leader. The, the runs aren't long enough for them to catch lap traffic. So we don't, we don't get a whole bunch of, of, Fast cars stuck behind slow cars and, and vice versa. So, you know, maybe that's the problem. We're just not getting enough action. It's like the all-star race when it was at Bristol. It just didn't live up to the hype because there wasn't as many cars on the track and it just didn't provide the best racing. So um, that's kind of where I stand on this. If it comes back next year, great. I just don't know if the cost to put down all this dirt on a speedway that's already perfect for racing, you know, already perfectly available for to put on a good show. Um, even if Bristol, since the reconfiguration hasn't been the same, it's still good. It's still entertaining. It's still Bristol. Um, so I wonder if the, the cost to 
transform the speedway is starting to outweigh the benefits of what they're getting. There wasn't many people in the stands. Ratings were 3.5 million, I believe. So that was down, down a little bit from last year, but people are watching. They're just not really going to it on Easter weekend. People would rather sit at home after stuffing their face with ham and whatever else you do on Easter. And they like to watch it, but they're not going to it. So I don't know if changing the Easter date would work. I, I really don't have a, a say on that. Uh, Easter's fun to get together with my family, um, but it's not something that dominates our lives. So it's not really a big deal for me. And uh, I'm not going to get into that part of the debate. I really, I don't care when the date is. I'm going to watch it either live or I'm going to come back and watch it later uh, as I like to cover all these races. So that's just kind of my thoughts on this. Um, even if Bristol were to lose its spring date, I hope a short track replaces it so we can get another short track points race on here. And then Bristol will be slam packed at night. So we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for old Bristol. But before we take a quick commercial break here, let's go ahead and score this thing. So I gave the racing a seven. Eh, I fluctuated between six and seven, ultimately landed on seven. It was the, the middle of the pack. You know, Austin even said it, on the hot mic. He's like, yeah, the racing in the back of the pack when Fox would show, it was fantastic. So, um, there was good racing and excitement to be had. So I give the race a seven and excitement. The finish got a four and this is what's going to bring it down. If that finish had gone green, it probably would have been a eight, maybe a nine, maybe even a 10. Like last year, last year's finish. I hated the result, but damn, was that an awesome finish? So we got kind of robbed from the finish, but I understand why. Uh, but still it was shaping up to be good. So I gave it a four instead of like a two, Lead changes, though. Only four lead changes on our short track scale. Yes, I score Bristol Dirt on the short track scale. Four lead changes is only two points, so that's going to hurt enjoyment. Overall, an eight. Happy for Christopher Bell. Happy to see the Dirt guys get it done. Very surprised to see Larson crash out. The uh, Larson pre stuff was entertaining. Uh, fun to see some new faces up front. Austin Dillon. Uh, where the hell did Stenhouse come from there at the end? So very interesting. So I gave it an eight in enjoyment. Overall, it gets a 5.6. So the finish and the lead changes definitely bring it down a little bit. But still a very enjoyable race. And our season total, after eight races on a scale of 10, we are at a 6.85. So a solid 68. You know, if you want to go percentage-wise, not terrible, not the best, not as good as last year. We're still trending down as far as last year. But I think some of the hype of the new car has worn off and people are wanting to see more now at this point. So... That is my thoughts on the Bristol Dirt Race. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with it going forward. Definitely going to be interested to see what happens with Bristol. Uh, let me know what you think. You know, Shoot me a message. Uh, comment on the page here. Let me know what you think. But uh, through eight races, seven drivers with wins locked in the playoffs. Still nine spots available on points. And uh, we'll start talking about points as things start to heat up here in the summertime. So we are going to take a very short commercial break. And then when we come back on the second half of the show, I'm going to get through this thing. I know my voice sounds off. I'm just battling a little little head cold here. I will be good to go come this weekend. Um, so if you can bear with me and, uh, you know, bear with a cough or two, uh, join me on the second half of the show. After we thank our sponsors, we have updated NASCAR Power Rankings. We have Around the State and some fantasy uh, information for you and updates. So join us on the second half of the show. And we will be right back. 
So I want to take a moment here to thank our sponsors, including American Auto. Uh, big thank you to EJ Wilcox. I'm one of the first sponsors of this show. Um, if you need anything done, um, of course, you can see EJ at the racetrack. You can talk to him there. Um, but uh, you, you can head to the shop, and they will take care of anything you need, tires, uh, auto repairs. They will get you taken care of. We also thank DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board. Um, you know, if you get a big wreck, American Auto can get you the parts you need, and then DeBerry Paint and Body, they can make sure that your car is looking good. So if you need anything painted or body work done, DeBerry Paint and Body, stop by there, and they will take care of you there as well. Also thank 124 Welding and Fab. Of course, that's Ron Alessandro. I was hoping to see him out there with the 602 mods. I'm pretty sure he, he will be out there soon. Uh, does great metal work and welding. So if you need anything like that done, you can check out his Etsy store as well and buy some of his metal workings. And we thank Ron for supporting the show. Also, we thank SRQ Taxes. It is tax season. If you still need your taxes done, which I know many of you do, um, get with Steve from SRQ Taxes, Steve Darling, the announcer over at Auburndale. He will take care of you. He has been burning the midnight oil. And, um, you know, hey, something we all got to get done. Might as well um, get it done by one of our very own in the community here, SRQ Taxes, the official tax partner of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I also thank Andy Morrison, been a huge supporter of racing in general, now the Quarter Midget Kids and this podcast. So Andy would never give up. We thank you, good sir. Always a pleasure to always a pleasure to see you at the racetrack, and uh, he's got a big race he's trying to get planned, so that should be pretty fun here later on down the road. So Andy, thank you for your support. Also, got to thank Ken Copley for coming back on board, sponsoring the EMOD segment of this show, and he'll be doing all the EMOD races going forward. So Ken, thank you very much for your support, and Doug Sammy coming back on board with Do All Lawn and Tree Service. If you need any tree service done, I'm telling you. Hurricane season, it'll be here before you know it. We're probably going to have some storms. It might be a good idea to get the trees taken care of now so you don't have to get them taken off your property when they fall on your house. So get with Doug Samian, do all on and tree. He'll get you taken care of. And uh, again, thank you to all of our sponsors and our listeners as well. And now we'll get back to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Let's quickly give you our updated Florida power rankings again. Um, I'm sorry, updated NASCAR power rankings. He's going to hold the Florida power rankings until next week. Again, I just don't feel like it was fair for me to make judgments on uh, the races that did happen here in Florida when I wasn't able to be there or watch them or really get too much information on what went down. So I'm just going to leave those alone for now. So this will be real quick here. Uh, so starting in 15th, dropping from 15th from 13th a week ago, Ryan Blaney uh, running well at Bristol Dirt and got spun out by Chase Briscoe late, uh, which did not warrant a caution, which is why we didn't talk about it when I was looking at the, the race recap there on uh, on Racing Reference earlier, but that's what happened to Ryan Blaney. So he drops to 15th. Been, uh, you know, he's been quick, but hasn't any luck. Uh, not ranked a week ago, but up to 14th with a great fourth-place run. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. back on this list. I said after Daytona, probably not going to be in this list very long. There's only been one week he hasn't been on the list, so he's doing well, doing very, very well. Uh, dropping from 9th to 13th this week is Denny Hamlin in the 11th. Just a tough night for him. Has had good cars, good speed, just no results to show for it. However, I look for him to be a threat here in Martinsville. Alex Bowman, a tough race for him. He drops from 8th in the power rankings to 12th here this week. As we mentioned, his name is one of the ones that didn't have a good night in Bristol. Chase Briscoe up 3 to 11th. 
And, uh, you know, solid night for Chase for a while there. It looked like things might play into his favor and he'd be around towards the end, but unfortunately made contact with the wall and uh, had to settle for a fifth-place finish. So Briscoe does move up to 11th, and if you remember back to last year, he stayed out on old tires and was with, within about 10 laps or so to winning at Martinsville and transferring, transferring to the Final Four. So he could be a sneaky pick here this weekend. Ty Gibbs from 12th a week ago up into the top 10 for the first time with four straight top 10s, three ninths, and edging out Michael McDowell for 10th at Bristol. So Ty Gibbs starting to get the hang of this thing, and who knows? He could be one of those guys that sneaks out a win here and gets in the playoffs, so we'll see. Martin Truex Jr. from 11th uh, last week up two to 9th, a solid top 10 run. I would love to see him continue with this momentum and maybe snap that win spell or that dry spell in the win column and get a win here this week at Martinsville. Kyle Busch drops two spots to 8th, so car number eight is eighth. Uh, late spin, suspension issues uh, relegated him out after having a competitive first half of the race. So he drops two spots to eighth. Joey Logano, first car out of the race at Bristol. Winner of this thing two years ago. So he takes a hit here down three spots from fourth to seventh. And then we have Kyle Larson in sixth, who might be the biggest loser here this week, dropping five spots with his dismal performance on the dirt, spinning out and then wrecking himself on the back straightaway. So... The number one coming into Bristol Dirt falls all the way to sixth. Another big fall, three spots here for Ross Chastain. Came into the week second, and he falls to fifth. Uh, man, I don't know how I feel about Ross Chastain at Martinsville since he can't do the wall ride. He'll probably be an eighth to twelfth place car uh, with that said. So Ross goes into this weekend in fifth. Kevin Harvick was fourth, remains fourth. Spun out, had a solid finish going to Martinsville where I feel like he could be a contender for the win. So we'll see. William Byron actually up two positions, not so much for his performance on the Bristol dirt, but because he's the defending champion of the night race here at Martinsville. Um, I just feel like Hendrick is going to have speed. Of course, we have not mentioned yet. Chase Elliott is coming back. Um, that was just announced a couple of hours ago. So I think all of Hendrick Motorsports should be in contention here this week. So William Byron moves up a couple of spots based on that. Tyler Reddick, though, biggest jump of the week from 10th to 2nd. That is P, uh, plus eight, Reddick second at the dirt. Uh, Martinsville, man, did I move him up too high? I don't know. We'll have to see. I don't I don't know that Reddick is maybe my favorite to get the win this weekend, but um, I expect him to contend for a top 10. And then the obvious number one going into Martinsville, defending Martinsville winner, of course, for the uh, fall race to get into the championship for Christopher Bell, who just picked up the win at Bristol Dirt, looking for win number two on the season. Um, going back to the place where he won at just a few short months ago. So there are our updated Florida power rankings. And let's take a quick look around the state. Two tracks were in action, including the return of Citrus County Speedway. All the the stuff that's been going on in Citrus County. And uh, to be fair, again, I wasn't there. I'm not going to judge their return, uh, you know, based on what I think, because I wasn't there. I don't know what the vibe was. I've heard some mixed things. Uh, just to get it out of the way, the biggest complaint was, um, well, A, has been their schedule, keeps moving around, but I think they'll get that sorted out. Um, and the other complaint was payout took forever. So just some things I believe to iron out is they probably have some new employees and working through some new kinks with management. So just got to give it a little bit of time, but I'm glad to see them back in action. And um, to be honest with you, I didn't watch this on Racing America, didn't go back and watch it. So I'm going through these results with you basically for the first time. 
And we're going to start with the um, Southern Sprint Car Shootout Series, the Wing Sprints in Action. Only 11 cars, but that's where this series has been. You know, 11 to 14 seems to be the magic number. And it was Davey Hamilton Jr. in the 14 getting the win over LJ Grimm, Daniel Miller, Stephen Hollinger in fourth, Mickey Kempkins fifth, Tommy Nichols, Bo Hartley, Brian Riddle, Dude Teat, and Bruce Brantley rounding out the top 10 there. Definitely would have liked to seen a few more of those cars, but hey, it is what it is. Street stocks. You all know the drama and the dilemmas going on with the street stocks. Only three of them showed up, and it was Mike Bell getting the win over Dustin Aaron, uh, who's who drives that uh, the station wagon, the one over at Auburndale a couple weeks ago, and Jeffrey Rock were your three cars that showed up, and those were the finishing orders. Pier stocks. Pier stocks had solid 14 car field, so definitely... Um, yeah, the whole, you know, everything going on over there hasn't hurt that too bad. That's kind of where they've been. Support Harley-Wilson with the win in Carnival 94 over Cody Struble. Caleb Grossenbacher third. Fourth was Jason Waller. Larry Welter Jr. fifth. So all the familiar names were back there. Uh, so that's a good sign. Craig Zone in sixth. Seventh was Kenna Brown. Gator Heiss in eighth. Ninth for Gregory Dick. And Tyler Pernesti, our good buddy, rounding out our top ten. So looks like a good little race there for the pure stocks. Uh, Pro Trucks also in action with twin features, twin 25s. The first one, how about this? I love seeing these guys. By the way, 13, 13 trucks uh, raced, race number one. Chris Rummel, how about him? Old Enduro Ford Outlaw guy picking up his first career truck win over Chuck Ayers. That is the driver responsible for Ashley Holmes Jacks over at the New Smyrna Speedway. So glad to see Chuck venturing out a little bit and having a great run over there at Citrus County. Good for him. Cody McDuffie finished third. He's always a contender. Brendan Pletcher fourth. Beckham Monopoly in fifth. So strong, strong contenders in the top five there. Daniel Webster driving the 28th. He was sixth, seventh for Wilson Martins Jr. Eighth for Devin Kyle. Maria Martins ninth and tenth to Brandon Martin. Our poor buddy Jack Hall only completed three laps and was credited with a 13th place finish. So tough night for him. Make sure you follow Jack's YouTube channel to see exactly what went down because it was another tough night for old Jack Racing. Um, to race number two, only 12 trucks able to make the call in the, the second race. Uh, Colt Cecil was DQ'd, but the win went to Brennan Pletcher, who duked it out with Becca Monopoly in spectacular fashion. Daniel Webster completes a very solid night with a third place podium run. Maria Martins, great run for her. She holds off brother as they finished fourth and fifth, respectively. So Maria Martin's fourth, Wilson Martin's fifth. Chuck Ayers comes back for sixth. Chris Rummel, not able to get the double, as he finishes seventh. Cody McDuffie down in eighth. Devin Kyle ninth. And old Jack Hall, you know what? He got a damn top ten for all his troubles. It goes in the stat sheet, and you can't take it away from him. So I always love to see this team persevere. They had a rough outing in race one, buttoned it back up, and got a top ten here in race number two. Love to see it, and I hope that more good things are coming for our buddy Jack who we've had on the show here many, many times. Uh, looking at the other results here, Bandoleros were in action, just two cars. John Willis gets the win over Eddie Evans Jr., who made his debut moving up from quarter midgets. Up next, we have the always entertaining Ford Outlaw Division. They had a very sizable field of 24, so pretty good turnout there. A couple of DQs, Chris Rummel, Thomas Pete, Brian Farmery. So huh, teammates getting DQ'd there, very interesting. Um, I believe I saw the reasons were failure to... Um, have their cars claimed or something along the lines of that. So that might be another issue to iron out there going forward for this great division. 
But Sean Osteen got the win over Sean Senekosov, Ty Ottinger in third, Clayton Coe in fourth, Clint Hicks fifth. So again, familiar name, same drivers that we're used to hearing at Citrus County Speedway. So, uh, you know, they might have, you know, stepped on some toes a little bit here, but I think they're going to be all right. So I'm, I'm glad to see that, all things considered. Um, and, and if I'm wrong, you know, if, if things are really bad, you, you can let me know. I, I, I'm interested to hear, but just observing from somebody on the computer here, it seems like it's going to be all right. Uh, maybe not perfect, but all right. Daniel Wilson, sixth. Sean Bailey in seventh. Chip Kelly, the old football coach there in eighth. Ninth was Daniel Coe and Rocky Sampson rounding out the top 10. So um, a couple of notables here. Keith Zavril, 11th. Guy Rottenkron's 13th. Corey Zavril, 15th. Um, and then we had the, the DQs that we talked about. So definitely interesting. Um, again, really looking forward to the Bomber B 30 lapper coming up here at New Smyrna. Same type of cars. I don't know if we'll get any out-of-towners or not, so they do have to change some stuff around, but we'll see. Uh, Legends cars in action. Five of those on hand, and it was Jace Henley with a win over Ryan Walters. Good to see Ryan back behind the wheel of a race car once again, uh, fighting through the big C, so we wish him the best of luck, and we're thinking about him. Colton Salick was third. George Ingram and James Williams, the top five for the Legends cars. And then mini stocks. Final division here, just eight, just a handful. Uh, but nonetheless, it was Stephen Wyatt getting the win over Steve Paulton Sr., Ryan Wilson, third. Michael Nanfelt, Jr., fourth. Fifth for Ricky Scheid. Then it was Danny Fox, Keith Zavril, who raced just about everything this week. And Amber Peters, Longbardo Wyatt. That's a hell of a name. She makes up for the other two positions to give us 10 cars. No, just kidding. She finished in the eighth position. So that is a quick rundown of the results from Citrus County Speedway. Let's head over real quick to Showtime Speed in the Speedway, and then we'll take a look at our fantasy results from the Racing with Ryan podcast fantasy uh, race from Bristol Dirt. I'll give you my top five fantasy picks and a wild card. Super late models in action for 35-lap feature, and they got 12 cars. That's solid, you know? Um, you know, drawing for a 35-lap feature these days is tough to do for supers, but they got a good, good crop of them. And the win went to Steve Doerr in car number one out of Lakeland. Brad Bowman driving the Yoho Special double zero car to second. TJ DeCare, great run in third. Probably would have boosted him up in the power rankings if I was going to do power rankings this week for Florida. But nonetheless, keep your eye on that kid. Brighton Horner, fourth. Chase Lovelady in the Pletcher number 75, rounding out the top five, followed by Kip McVeigh, Hayden Mowry, Robert Jonas, Cody Brinson, Aaron, Aaron Anderson, Abigail Jonas, and Kristen Clements. Why the hell not? We'll give give all 12 finishers. Good to see Kristen Clements back behind the wheel of a race car. Heat races went to Brighton Horner and Brad Bowman. Yes, they ran heat races for the Supers. Street stocks, 10 cars in attendance, and it was Dodge Carlbert who got the win over Mike Wedlick, Mark Nelson third, Rick Haw in fourth, Eli Thompson rounding out the top five, followed by Dennis Contrera, Kyle Courtney, Michael Coleman, Aaron Anderson, and Donovan close heat race uh just one heat race and mike wedlick got the win there all right so moving along now to the ford figure eight feature that was won by jr meyer and from what uh, matt said on the hot mic this week he said this race was chaotic so if you have a way to go back and watch showtime uh, matt said it was a very exciting night of racing so give you a little bit of behind the scenes there jr meyer gets the win in the ford figure eight race rick hanley second mike wedlick he's driving multiple cars he got fourth, fifth for Cody Williams, Sean Moore, Frank Manise, Robert Stoffel, and Buckshot Mexner, and Lylan Miller actually rounding out the top 10 out of 11 starters. Super Mini Lates, 
10 of them on hand, so not a bad turnout there. I guess there was some kerfuffles to be had in this race between Austin Ramsey and a couple of the Firestone cars, but it would be Dustin Champs getting the win. And it's, uh, you know, he's a driver that used to run the RL Newton 01 car, uh, which is now driven by Randy Anderson. So glad to see Dustin back behind the wheel of something. He picks up the big win here over Ronnie Larson and Justin Larson. Then it was Jeff Firestone, Jay Zolziak Jr., followed by Jay Zolziak Sr. And then you had Neil O'Connor, Mackie Mangold, Fallon Goolsby, who took a hard, hard crash on the outside wall. I did see the uh, video of that. So uh, if you follow Fallon or the Goolsby on Facebook, you can see that there. So pretty big hit there. Hope they are okay. Uh, heat race win went to Austin Ramsey. Ronnie Larson DQ'd from the heat. And then they had AMODs as well, seven. I mean, that's pretty much what we can expect these days. And Doug Miller in the 53. That's that uh, yellow and, and green car, by the way. Um, got the win over Tommy Shadner. Coming home in third was Tom Zimmerman. Jacob Wallace the third was fourth. Jamie Castleberry fifth. Jim Brisley, or Brilly, and David Williams rounding out your field, rounding out the night for Showtime Speedway. David Williams, your heat race winner there, by the way. So before we let you go, again, I know this is a quick show tonight, but uh, sometimes that's just the way it has to be. Let's take a look at how things went down with the Racing with Ryan podcast Fantasy League. Things continue to be very competitive over there, and it is a lot of fun. And I'm working on a little prize for the overall winner. Um, I am going to be giving away a little bit of money to whoever wins this. I'm just going to figure out how much. I might run a little uh, prize pool here and see what we can come up with. But there will be a prize at the end of this thing because you guys continue to make this a lot of fun. Um, After Bristol Dirt, Hunter Young. Hunter Young Racing, number 44, took home the win with 234 points at Bristol Dirt, beating old Steve Darling by just 12 markers. John Gross, bomber number 93, he was third. Bob's Fords, that's Bob Say, came home fourth. King Penguin came home in the fifth spot. Eight Ball Racing, sixth. Seventh was Staffordshire Motorsports. My dismal performance as I come home in eighth. Cushy Penguin, ninth. Ben Say, rounding out the top ten. Big Temp and Motorsports, Pit Penguin, Buzz Calkins, Richie Petty, and Hulk Smash 1188 rounding out the field of competitors. So congratulations again to Hunter Young picking up the win. Let's look at the overall standings after eight races. Steve Darling, that's our buddy over at SRQ Taxes, by the way. Get those taxes done before the deadline hits on April 15th. Big thank you to Steve and SRQ Taxes for upping their sponsorship and becoming an anchor partner with us here on the podcast. Uh, but Steve Darling is winning the Racing with Ryan podcast fantasy league right now with 1,550 points. I'm in second with 1,492. In third, Staffordshire Motorsports with 1,481. One point behind is John Gross in fourth with 1,480. Bob's Fords rounding out the top five with a 1,436, followed by Pitt Penguin, Big Timpin Motorsports, Hunter Young Racing despite the win, still eighth in the standings. Richie Petty Jr. and Ben Say rounding out our top 10, and the top 10 separated by just about 300 points. So um, make that 250. It's really 250. So uh, everybody's still in play, especially if somebody forgets to set their lineup. So don't forget to set your lineups. But if, if you do forget, you know, you'll still be all right. I think it'll default back to your last team. So you might lose a couple of players, but, you know, make sure you set your teams. Everybody's in the top 10 still has a legit shot at winning this thing. So... With that said, final part of the show here, let me give you a little fantasy advice, or maybe it's drivers to avoid sometimes the way I pick this fantasy stuff. Maybe I need to get Steve on the line here to give our fantasy advice because he's leading the Hot Mike Fantasy League and leading the Race with Ryan podcast, Fantasy League, too. Uh, but my five drivers I have picked for you this weekend, 
that you might want to consider either on NASCAR Fantasy Live or on your other betting platforms you may be involved in. Again, this is not just our podcast specific here. Um, Ryan Blaney, this might be a bit of a surprise, but he has the best average finish among you know, full-time drivers over the last handful of years at Martinsville. So Ryan Blaney, definitely one to consider. Maybe he can snap his win streak here this week. Denny Hamlin. I, I just feel like you cannot pass up on Denny Hamlin on the short tracks, except maybe Bristol. Um, will Denny win? I don't know. Will he screw himself? Yeah, probably. That's what Denny does. But I feel like he's a driver to take a good chance on here this weekend and should show speed. We'll see if he gets the finish he deserves. William Byron. Uh, defending winner of the spring 400 race at Darlington. So I definitely would consider him this weekend, especially with the speed that Hendrick Motorsports is at. Hell, you know, you could just put all of Hendrick Motorsports in and, and probably be good and, you know, start, uh, I don't know, Zane Smith in the fifth spot and you'll still beat everybody. Another driver to consider here out of Joe Gibbs Racing, of course, last week's winner, Christopher Bell, also winner of the fall 500 Martinsville race to get into the championship four last year. Christopher Bell, your point leader, most recent winner, on a hot streak, has won here before. Definitely consider putting him in your lineup. And then his teammate, Martin Truex Jr., will be our fifth and final driver. I like what I've seen out of Martin Truex Jr. as far as speed goes the last couple of weeks. Almost had Richmond, ran well on Bristol Dirt, likes Martinsville. I mean, his name is in the damn name of the track, so he's one that I would definitely consider uh, in my lineup. And then a wild card. Of course, I always give you a wild card. Last week, I hope you didn't listen to me because Daniel Suarez disappointed. This week, Chase Elliott is coming back, and he is my wild card driver because even when I play fantasy football, if a driver or if a player is coming off a serious injury and you don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent, you might be a little hesitant to start him, and that's how I feel about Chase Elliott. I, I've listen, I've broken bones six weeks. Uh, it's pretty good. I broke my collarbone and then went uh, go kart racing six weeks later. Like first time my arm was out of sling and I went go-kart racing and it was stiff. Like my arm was stiff. There was definitely some, you know, uh, I hadn't used my arm in so long. What do you call that? Muscle atrophy, I believe. Um, so I, you know, I felt stiff. It felt uncomfortable and you just got to wonder, I forget which leg chase broke. So I'm not sure if it's the, the pedal dominant leg or not, to be honest with you. Um, but if it's the pedal leg, then man, you know, he might get stiff after 400 laps of Martinsville. He might not be, he might be fast, but he might not be 100%. But if he comes out and wins this race, you know it's going to be a huge, huge story. So we shall see. Glad to have him back in the field. Glad he's back after his six-week vacation. And glad to hear he's healed up. So we'll see how he does. Martinsville coming up this weekend. Usually one of my favorite tracks. Last year, it was a bit iffy. And then Ross Chastain pulled off the move of the year. So who knows what we're going to see. You can't do that this year, but... Maybe somebody else will find something else to exploit and we'll get to another big NASCAR moment. But of course, next week we will be back to talk everything NASCAR. We will also go over everything from the New Smyrna Speedway as they return for the big Bomber 30 along with the E-Mods, the LKQ Superstock, and Florida Southern Ground Pounders all in action. We'll have full in-depth coverage. Hopefully Kenny will be back. Uh, again, he is playing race car driver here this weekend and just said, hey man, got a lot going on with the car. Not going to be able to make it this week, so... Hopefully, we'll have him back on the show here next week to give his insight uh, and, and what should be a great night of racing at New Smyrna. And we'll go around the state. We'll do everything we always do. We'll get back to more of a normal show. But thank you guys for hanging in there, dealing with my uh, dealing with my my voice here. I know I, I don't sound 100%. Believe me, I feel fine. I just Ever since I left my sister's house, who had cats, uh, the minute I walked in there, I did not feel right. 
and uh, I'm just I'm trying to get through it. I feel fine. I will be fine. I will see you all at the racetrack. I'm not contagious. You don't have to worry about that. I just sound weird. Um, it's just a little head cold here. But anyways, with that said, I will see you guys on Saturday. Looking forward to it. We'll have plenty more on next week's edition of the Race with Ryan podcast. Thank you all. We will talk to you then. Bye.